860 AM Philadelphia and WPEN HD2, Burlington, Philadelphia. Entrepreneur, author, and financial consultant Mark Bernstein helps high-performing entrepreneurial business owners create a vision for the future and follow through on their goals and intentions. Ange Honorato is a business growth strategist who blends psychology and business together to create conscious leaders and business owners who impact the world. Founders Forum is a radio show podcast sharing the real stories behind entrepreneurship as founders discover more about themselves while providing valuable lessons and some fun and entertainment for you. Now, here's Mark and Ange. Good morning, America. This is Mark. Ange is not here today. Ange got stranded on a plane. And, uh, you know, one of our bylines on the show is roll with the punches. So here we are this morning. And um, I'm thinking about several things uh, this morning to start out our show. And by the way, I love the station ID. There's like a 1950s WWDB AM uh, ID that comes on, followed by a modern one. And I thought, wow, that's kind of the history of radio all there in like 10 seconds. Kind of cool. Um, you won't all hear this on the podcast, but we, we are live on the radio in Philadelphia. And I'm going to introduce our guest in a minute. I'll tell you his name now. It's Leonard Heflick, and I'll give you a formal introduction in a minute, but I'm going to bring him right into our conversation because what he is about, as you'll see in a minute, and what I like to be about as well in many ways and many things that I'm doing in my life is the word innovation. So I've been thinking about innovation a lot. And just to start off the conversation, I've got a couple of quotes around innovation that I'd like to mention and Leonard, I'd like to get your input on those quotes, which maybe I'll read you a few of them, telling me which one you like best. And then I know you have some thoughts of your own, and we'll get into it. Then we'll back up, I'll introduce you, and we'll have a robust conversation, I know. So innovation is taking two things that exist and putting them together, putting them together in a new way. That was Tom Freston, who is, of all things, co-founder of MTV. And I know a lot about that story, so I know exactly what he's talking about there. Um, another one, the value of an idea lies in, in the using of it. It's a pretty common one. That's from Thomas Edison, who's one of the great innovators of the last, you know, 100 years or more. Innovation is the unrelenting drive to break the status quo and develop a new where few have dared to go. That's from Steve Jeffs, marketing expert. And the last one is creativity is thinking up new things. Innovation is doing new things. So I like all those. Leonard, what do you think? Well, I think that innovation often is incremental. Uh, and every innovation builds on the prior innovation. And after a sequence of multiple innovations that you may discover in your work, you get to the end of that line after you know, five or six innovations, and you'll find yourself in a place that you could not have ever predicted you would get to. The other thing is what I like to uh, coach people on is when you do innovate or create a new product, I worked in product development for a long time, uh, you want to create a product that someone else is going to have a really hard time copying. Uh, And one way to do that is a multiple set of innovations. I like to tell people that Anyone can figure out and reverse engineer one innovation. Two, a smart person. Three, an expert. Four or five, 
almost no one can do it easily. I love that. That's great. By the way, in terms of your things, innovate, 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 and then next thing you know, you'll be somewhere you didn't know you would be. I can use, use a quick example. I think I mentioned to you earlier, if you had told me a year ago I would be doing a radio show podcast on uh, interviewing founders of businesses, I would have said, you're crazy. But, you know, because of, in this case, the pandemic and a lot of things, ways I had to cre- recreate myself, some of them worked, some of them didn't work so well, but it brought me here, something I totally didn't expect. So I completely understand that. And I could point to others, and I'm sure as we get into your story, you have examples of that as well. Um, so let me introduce Leonard for real. So he is the founder of Innovation for Success, LLC. And that is what he does. He innovates. He's a chemist by background. He worked for many years for Beambo USA, the international bakery company. Um, he has four patents on products um, regarding product-soluble antioxidants that are soluble in, in food. And one of those um, le- led to, I believe, one of his, his, one of his current businesses, which is the Biome Bakery. And I had the pleasure of tasting his bagels the other day, delicious, by the way, and very (laughs) delicious and very nutritious, packed with nutrients, packed with fiber, all kinds of good stuff. Um, And if you if you looked at um, so to sum it up, he's a writer, coach, teacher with more than 40 years of experience in the food industry. He's a visionary with a passion for developing future leaders. So and the, the things he's interested in, the first one that I'm going to mention is leadership so his new book is called Live As Long As You Dare, A Journey to Gain Healthy, Vibrant Years, which will help you achieve and enjoy a longer life. I've got that one on my reading list. I just got it the other day, and I'll be reading that one first. Um, obviously, nutrition is a second area. Innovation, which we've already mentioned, and prayer is the fourth one. So regarding those other areas, he has another book called Balanced Leadership, another book called United in Prayer, and that's a lot, so I'm going to take a breath. So, Leonard, um, tell us about your journey, your own journey. So your journey to, you know, it's, your book is, um, quotes the word journey, and we all know, and I, I know you saw it, and I say this all the time too, success is not a destination, it's a journey. So tell us about your journey, how you got to where you are today from your humble beginnings or whatever they are, and, um, and then we'll talk about the present, and then we'll talk about the future. Well, it would be inaccurate for me to say I had a vision and knew where I was going to go because I didn't. Uh, What I did do is start out with a good, solid education. Uh, I wanted to become a chemist, so I got a degree in chemistry and then went on to get a degree in operations uh, research statistics, which was tremendous. Uh, And then I basically took opportunities as they came along. Uh, I wasn't terribly picky. I like to tell people, Uh, you know, don't look for a job that you love. Love the job you have. Uh, And the other thing I tell people is always do more than you're expected to do. You'll create opportunities for yourself for the rest of your career. And I emphasize the word career because the journey is a career, which I differentiate from a job. I I have had lots of jobs. But in every job I ever had, I always made a point of learning as much as I could and asking questions. Even if I had the stupid idea that I'm never going to need to know this in the future, well, that's a very wrong thought because what I have learned, 
uh, is that everything you learn sometimes in the f- will be useful. You can't predict when, but it will happen. So therefore, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to learn anything. Learn everything you can. If, you, if there's an expert in the area, go seek that person out and spend some time. If you ask an expert for help, they'll almost always say yes. And if they say no, they're the wrong person. Go find somebody else. By the way, I don't want to interrupt, but um, you, you, you're retired from your careers, officially your, your, your um, jobs that were careers. But having said that, and you, you're always learning, it's clear to me you're a lifelong learner a lifetime learner, which I am as well. And, uh, and that's one of the things that really encouraged me to want to have you on the show. Um, we're all about looking to the future, looking to innovation, looking to, I've shared some of my experiences with that and you've shared some of yours and we'll talk more about yours. So you completed your career at Beambo and what happened from there? Well, I retired and I've been retired now for about seven years. Uh, I'm not ready to retire by any means. So people tell me I'm not retired. I'm rewired. I like that. I say you're also refired. I can see you're fired up. I like that. Absolutely. So I work as hard now as I retire, aspire. I know you still aspire too. Absolutely. Always aspire. Always have a vision. Always have something to do. I tell people that the worst day ever is going to be a day I wake up and say, there's nothing to do. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't have that problem. I have lots to do every day. And kind of build on what you were just talking about. I've made kind of a career out of asking questions, okay? And I always tell people there are no stupid questions, only stupid answers. So don't be afraid to ask questions. You know, uh, we used to say that the most important question was why. I think today the most important question is why not? Mm-hmm. And be open to possibilities. Uh, so one of my favorite questions that I ask in innovation is, what is there that you cannot do but if you could, it would change everything. Mm. Basically, kick the doors out. Think bigger. Uh, and in my book, Live As Long As You Dare, I talk about, you know, how do we live longer and healthier? Uh, I ask the question, would you live differently today if you knew you were going to live another 50 years? Now, I'm 70 years old, so my daughter looks at me, you know, rather askance when I suggest I might live another 50 years. And then she looks at what I'm doing, and then she gets scared because she thinks I might actually do it. (laughs) I love it. That's great. (laughs) Well, I think it's a tremendous thing to be able to um, scare your adult children. (laughs) That's a good good, uh, value to bring with you for for the rest of your life. So there's a lot you have going on. I just mentioned four areas that you're involved in and three books. Uh, which which would you like to, if we were to expand on what you're doing right now, which one would you like to use as an illustration that best describes where you are today? Well, I guess live as long as you dare. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I love all my books. They're all, I think they're all pretty good. Uh, in fact, better than pretty good. I think they're <laughs> outstanding. Uh, live as long as you dare is different from any book you Before will Before we're done, we'll tell people where they can get those books as well. Oh, sure. They're on Amazon, all of them. Oh, good. So it's easy to find. Just You just look up my name and you'll get those books. Uh, let, let me repeat it real quick. Balanced leadership, united in prayer, and live as long as you dare a journey to gain healthy, vibrant years, all on Amazon. They're all on Amazon. And uh, that's a talk about innovation. Uh, I had published the books myself over the years, and 
had a very difficult time promoting them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon, you can you know, publish your book on Amazon uh, for nothing. It's free. Right. It literally took me an hour. Okay, now I have to tell them about my book, <laughs> The Fiscal Therapy Solution 1.0, also on Amazon. I did the same thing. Go ahead. <laughs> so anyway, uh, uh, the world today is so open, and you can do almost anything. Now, that in itself creates a problem because it's paralyzing. We have so many options, so many avenues we can take. Uh, it can be paralyzing. So you have to focus, and that's where I come down to vision. And Mark and you and I have talked about the the need for vision. Well, vision is important not only in leaders, to leaders, and leadership, uh, but it's also important in your health and your longevity. You have to have a vision for where you want to be in one year, two years, five years, maybe even 20 or more. And the reason is because it will change the way you live today. One of my favorite quotes is James Dean. He's kind of a chilling quote considering his fate. Uh, He said, live like you're going to die tomorrow. Dream like you're going to live forever. That's amazing. It's great. And by the way, I think it's a difference of, you know, creating the life you want, you happening to life or life happening to you. And I think too many people that are asleep, if you will, or not, not awake anyway, are just sort of living their life. And because I talk to people about this every day, they say, whatever happens, happens. I don't know what my health will be like. And you totally can't control everything necessarily about your health. There's genetics and other things. But you certainly, as you say, can create a vision, create a plan and a dream around. And I mean, I, one of the things I, I talked about in my book is when I was a kid, my father used to tell me, you're a dreamer. And it was like, and I don't think he meant it as a compliment. <laughs> you know, your head's out in the clouds. And, but I realized later, maybe that's not what he meant. What I realized about it is it's great to have dreams. That's where vision begins. But then you have to have substance behind it. You have to have steps. You have to have an action plan. You have to have deadlines to give yourself. And um, so, but it starts with a vision to emphasize your point. And, and you got to break it down into little pieces that are manageable. So it's not daunting right. or overwhelming. Micro steps, they're calling them now. Yep. Uh, Neil Armstrong said there are three kinds of people in the world. Those who make things happen, those who watch things happen, and those who ask, what happened? <laughs> right, right. That's a great quote. You're good. We could just do quotes all day. We could have a lot of fun with this. Well, I've been collecting them for years. So actually, this is a very good time to take a quick break um, so you can hear a little bit more about Leonard's activity in our commercial. And we'll be back on Founders Forum in a minute. My name is Leonard W. Heflick. I'm a writer, innovator, coach, teacher with more than 40 years of experience in the food industry. I consider myself to be a visionary with a passion for developing future leaders. My new book, Live As Long As You Dare, A Journey to Gain Healthy, Vibrant Years, will help you to achieve and enjoy a longer life. Learn to make small changes in your lifestyle and keep them for the rest of your life. Every journey begins with the first step. It's never too early to start or too late. In order for it to happen, you must dare. This book makes it easy and fun to start the journey to better health. Live as long as you dare. A journey to gain healthy, vibrant years. Available on Amazon and it makes a great gift. Leonard you got a great radio voice now that I heard your commercial. Want to come in and do some more ads for us? <laughs> it, was, it was great. 
Hey, um, so let's talk about any success comes with challenges and obstacles. So talk about some that you've had along the way. I'm sure there's obstacles you've run into in terms of getting, you know, through your career and through some of the innovations the last few years. You talked a little bit about book promotion. That that was a challenge, and I can relate to that one. Um, what kind of things have you faced, and, and how did you deal with them? Well, challenges come in at least two different flavors, uh, you know, positive and negative. And I've had a lot of negative ones, like losing a job <clears throat> a year after uh, my wife and I uh, got married and bought a house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That was pretty rough. Yep. Uh, it happened in 1982. If some of you may remember, that was a very bad ec- time economically. Oh, yes. Very high inflation. Yep. Uh, very high interest rates. We bought our house at 13% interest. So, you know, seven today looks kind of kind of good. As a financial guy, I'm glad you bring that up because people think, oh, we're in such a terrible interest rate environment. Right now, we're really at around average interest rates over history. Exactly. people lose perspective. Well, I like to keep it in perspective and ask people, how high did the Fed raise the prime rate in 1981? The answer is 24%. Wow. We're at at five. Yeah. It's a whole different world. But anyway, (laughs) that was a big challenge. That was a negative one. Okay, I overcame that. I found another job. And actually, that's how I got into the baking industry. I had no, no goal ever, no preconception that I was ever going to be mm. a baker. Uh, I'm a chemist, okay, analytical chemist, uh, product development chemist. and uh, Okay, can, so from challenge one challenge, the, comes an opportunity. Yeah. So that's the my, first. The, the headhunter who got me my previous job, and that's the company that folded during the recession, uh, he kept calling me just to keep me, you know, in, in good spirits. And he called him one day and said, hey, Len, he says, I have a job in a bakery in product development. He says, I know you don't know anything about either of those. Do you know anybody who does? Well, after I finished a, a long list of invectives, I said, please, Al, get me that job interview. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> he did. And I convinced him that I could learn how to bake. And yeah. kind of like they say, the rest is history. So that was a, a turning a negative into a positive. And you have to do that always. Persistence, patience, you know, basically, I don't give up. People know me. I never, ever give up. Uh, Another favorite quote from Will Rogers. He says, try, try, try again, and then give up. Don't make a damn fool of yourself. (laughs) People don't know that second part. Right, right. right. There is is a good time sometimes to give up. Right, understood. Um, by the way, I, I need to attest again to your bakery skills because your bagels are delicious and nutritious and the biome bakery, look them up, get them while you can. I'm, I'm putting a, I know you're not <laughs> plugging them, but I, I, I needed to say that because I've been looking for the perfect bagel and this one's very close. So, so anyway, so that challenge, anything else that comes to mind about challenges? Oh, retiring. Ah, uh, and realizing I, I'm not going to sit home and do nothing. I yep. can't. I would yep. kill me. I don't watch TV. I don't play golf. Uh, I love to read, so I've, I've done quite a bit of reading. Yep. Uh, I've gone back and read a lot of the classics. Uh, and nice. I know one, somewhere you wanted to talk about favorite books. And uh, one of my favorite books of all time, believe it or not, is Frankenstein uh-huh. by Mary Shelley, the yeah. original yeah. Frankenstein. No, I get it. The cartoon character that we know is nothing at all like the book that she wrote. Uh, yeah, I, Spectacular. I, I understand, yeah. <laughs> I've never read that, so that, I, I'm going to take that. In fact, I'm going to try to put that on my list now. 
I'm looking for more like fantasy reading. And in a couple of weeks, I'm seeing a version in Swarthmore at a local theater of Young Frankenstein, the Mel Brooks production. There you go. Featuring uh, Glenn Mack now. A lot of people know him as a local sportscaster. He's got playing Gene Hackman's part in Young Frankenstein. So he's a, he's a, fr- he's a friend of ours through a common investment. So we're, we're going out to see it. Well, if you want to get scared, read Dracula, the original. Yeah. By Bram. Yeah, Bram. Uh, I'm going to forget his name now. Anyway, the original. Yeah, Again, yeah. It's, a, it's a book written like in 1830, 1840. Yep. So there's no cars in it. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, all yeah, horses yeah. and right, buggies. Horse, right, right, right. Uh, and well, it none will, in Frankenstein either. but No, not right. in Frankenstein yeah. either. But yeah. but it's he doesn't say anything that's really uh, uh, scary. But the way he builds the concepts is incredible. And it will scare you. Believe it or not, time flies on this show. I need to okay. tell you, we only have about seven and a half minutes left. Okay. I want to ask you, Leonard, about your vision for the future. And I like to ask it this way. If this were December of 2026 and we're looking back on the last three years, what would have to happen in your life and your life vision? What would you have accomplished for you to look back on that period and say that was a successful three-year period in my life? Well, my goal for the next three years is to help uh, get my projects to be a success. I have a lot of projects. So certainly my books uh, and uh, uh, my Carbon 60 innovation, that, that, that uh, has a lot of opportunity to uh, improve and develop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has the That's capability. That's the soluble. Uh, uh, yeah, antioxidant. it's a solubilized form that, that I invented and got patents on. Uh, and there's a lot of work to be done to develop that into uh, applications. And there are lots of potential applications. So I have a partner, and we've been working on that now for the past uh, four years. And uh, we're making progress lately, finally. Nice. Uh, so that's all good. So, you know, if I can look back over my life and say, hey, I contributed, I helped people, I helped develop people, uh, I'll be satisfied. Nice. Very good. So that's, that also covers two questions. Uh, your future vision, and also your legacy. Um, we have some fun questions we'd like to ask, and you've talked a little bit about books. I might ask you more about that if we have time, but we've talked a little bit about music, and like me, you have eclectic tastes. What is your, if you had to name your favorite pieces of music or songs, let me know some that come to mind. Well, the, the way I've heard, heard the question asked is, uh, if you were going to be stranded on a desert right, island, right. what records or albums would you want to have with you? Mm-hmm. And my, my number one would be Mozart Requiem. Mm. That, that gives me the chills every time I, I listen to it. Uh, Miles Davis, uh, uh, almost any of his records, but uh, uh, Kind of Blue is just a masterpiece. Yep. And the Rolling Stones, uh, you know, Sticky Fingers and... Uh, uh, and your favorite song on that album, same as mine. My favorite song on that album is Can't You Hear Me Knocking. Great song. I love that song. I love the, the uh, saxophone solo in it. It yeah. just, that gives me chills. And, you know, Pink Floyd, uh, Comfortably Numb. Uh, when, I, when I get in a down mood, I'll turn <laughs> that up really high, <laughs> and that's it. that's it. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> I um, Mine for many, many years, and I've never rethought the answer, was The Temptations' Greatest Hits. Oh, I, cool. gr- I grew up with, I love soul, Motown music, that, et cetera. But the double album version, I figured if I, they didn't specify single or double album, 
So I figured I could get more songs that way and songs that always make me happy to listen to. Well, I have grandkids, and I'm a little concerned that they are not exposed to the music that we know or were. Uh, So I started making a list Hmm. of uh, songs that I consider to be perfect. Hmm. Literally, you cannot change a note. I'm going to ask you to share that. Janis Joplin, To Love Somebody, Bobby McGee, Mamas and the Papas, California Dreaming, Dream a Little Dream, Rolling Stones, Sympathy for the Devil, Can't You Hear Me Knocking, Give Me Shelter, Angie. I love yes, Angie. <laughs> uh, the Animals, House of the Rising Sun. I go. I got a long. By the way, my favorite Stones record. I just have to tell you, Tumlin Dice. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. It's just not because of the words, not just because of the music, and that just moves me of all their songs. But that's that's probably my favorite of all time. Um, so that's great. So you're leaving a, a, a legacy of music to your grandchildren as I well. Hope so. It's really wonderful. Um, favorite book. I'll put you on the spot on that one. Uh, a Course in Miracles ah. by uh, uh, Helen Shuckman. Yes. It'll, Very familiar It'll change it. your life. Very familiar with it. Um, there's someone on social media who I'm drawing a blank who I follow who actually teaches The Course in Miracles. Uh, okay. And I'll, I'll tell you when we get off the air. But uh, okay. I've been exposed to it, and there's a lot of great, great things in that as well. Did you know that Helen was a uh, – she called herself a militant atheist. I, I did hear that, actually. I did and and she's thing. Jewish and a professor. Right, right, right. Very interesting, right? <laughs> that whole thing is a miracle, you know, for lack of a better way to put it. Um, we actually, we almost never have leftover time. But last thing about your legacy, is there anything you'd like to add to that? I know that you, um, you had said you'd like to make an impact and... and uh, Keep teaching and coaching. That, I think... Uh, uh, Course in Miracles says there are two, uh, two, two, uh, uh, two jobs, basically. Two things we can do in our life. One is to teach, and the other is to heal. I haven't learned how to become a healer yet, mm-hmm. but my C60 product has a capable, capability of becoming a healing product. A physical healer. Yeah. There's also the spiritual and the mental and emotional healing as well. well so. that's, that's united in prayer. Sure, you're working with That's right. There you go. <laughs> with that, I think we're just about out of time. And we thank you all for coming today and listening to Founders Forum with Leonard. Leonard may be appearing again with me because we we have a lot more to talk about. So uh, we wish you all a wonderful week, and we'll see you again next week on Founders Forum. We hope you enjoyed your time with Founders Forum today and you found value to take with you throughout your day. Join us again next week for another episode of Founders Forum on WWDB Talk Radio and always at the Founders Forum show page at WWDBAM.com.